Hey everyone, welcome back to the It's a Mind Game podcast. I'm so excited to have the lovely Elise back with us. So she joined us for episode 46 of the It's a Mind Game podcast and is known as Your Period PT on Instagram. If you're following her, you'll know that she's literally a real, as in R-E-E-L, queen. No, she's a bit of a queen anyway. She's all kinds of queen. Um, nonetheless, we're so excited to have you back. Welcome. Thank you. That was literally the best intro I think I've ever been given. So I'm really happy to be back. I'm so excited. And we kind of decided before this podcast began that we were going to keep the conversation a little bit more close so that we don't waffle on for two and three hours. That being said, we'll see how we go. Um, so the topic of yeah, interest no we decided to talk about was how to love or at least accept your new body so obviously HA we've gone from being a particular body type and one of the biggest things is weight gain and everyone's level of weight gain is going to be different so that's the biggest challenge in itself because when we all approach this journey it's I'll be the person who needs to gain the least amount of weight maybe none and I'll recover from HA and everything will be fine um, for the most part that's not true we end up gaining a lot of weight and it's very uncomfortable and it's it's horrible to say the least. Um, let's open up the conversation to methods on how to handle it emotionally, physically, all of it. Yeah. And when you emailed me this topic question, I was obsessed immediately because I think it's such a valid, valid area that needs to be talked about, particularly with HA recovery, because your body is going through massive changes and changes that will make you feel uncomfortable and before we started recording we were talking about this self-love versus self-acceptance and I think it's important to touch on that before we dive into at least our experiences on how to how to love and accept our you know bigger bodies um, so I really think that you can't love yourself every day but you can accept yourself every day so I think that's really important to understand that there are going to be days even after recovery that you wish you could change certain things about your body. There's bad body image days. And I think that's just part of being human, but I think it's working on accepting your body every single day. That's the important part here. Yeah, I think the, the idea that it's natural to kind of be critical of yourself and have days where you're not in love with your body falls hand in hand with the idea that we, we can't help but observe other people around us. So when it comes to something as simple as trying on an outfit, it's like you might have seen this outfit on five different people with five different body types and love it. And then you put it on you, who again is a whole different body type. And suddenly it's, I'm inferior, I'm, I'm horrible, I'm disgusting, I'm whatever. And yes, it can be a very dramatic thought, but realistically, the only reason that that thoughts come into mind is because you're comparing how you look in something versus somebody else um, and I think just what you're saying about it's something that happens on the daily for everybody sometimes we can kind of think that if those thoughts happen we've failed at the self-love for the day or the week or the month but it's completely natural for us to compare ourselves to other people but it's how we use that information and I guess how we comprehend it that makes the biggest difference Definitely. And I think it comes back to sort of something I like to talk about too, is coming from a place of observation without judgment, because we tend to be so judgmental of ourselves when comparing to other people, whether it be comparing our clothes or our body sizes or our recovery journey, um, our weight gain, all those different things. And I think it's important 
And I know for me, I definitely came from a very judgmental background on myself and a lot of people around me. Um, but once I was able to kind of step back and just observe it without that judgment, a lot of things definitely changed in the way that I viewed my body and I viewed other people's bodies around me. Because like you said, it's only natural to see other people and, and compare yourself. Mm. When you sort of were able to observe rather than judge did you find that that transition happened when you were able to take your emotions out of it yeah 100 percent. and my mother has always told me to take my emotions out of things especially like in my romantic relationships you know and um my mom's always just said if you need to talk about something try and take the emotion out of it because emotions just make you run wild sometimes almost of the time yeah no definitely going to settle for most of the time um no I try and kind of rotate my life around in that kind of way when I feel like I'm getting upset about something or even super excited it can go on opposite sides of the spectrum to actually take a step back and almost look at it from a scientific textbook perspective because sometimes you just get way too caught up in the emotion and especially when it's something that literally makes your heart race your logic goes out the window and it's so easy to fall into a downward spiral or sometimes an upward spiral but for the sake of body image it's generally downward until you hit rock bottom and all of a sudden it's like I'm in this horrible mood and I don't know how to pull myself out of it and it's just you know pity party from sort of there on rather than going hey um, I've seen this, I've felt this on my tummy or my legs or whatever it might be. And so I used to talk myself through it. Um, and it took me a while to recognize that that was a skill. And it would literally be, let's say I tried on a pair of jeans and I thought I would be one size and I wasn't. Um, and my heart would start to race. I'd start to panic and I'd start to literally hate on myself. You're disgusting. You're worthless. You're all these horrible, horrible things. And um then I'd sort of take a minute and go, all right, let, let's take a breath and let's think about this properly. So one, nearly every store you go to, you're a different size, all right? So it's not actually a number or a tag thing because you've been random sizes in random stores for a long time, no matter what size you were. Two, you're only reacting because you expected the outcome to be a particular way and it hasn't worked out that way. All right, it's not a big deal. Go get a bigger size. And I used to always sort of say, if it was my, if I was watching my friend react this way, I would say to her, hey, like it's all right, let's just go get a, a bigger size or a smaller size. Or either way, the outfit itself looks fabulous. It's just about getting the clothes to fit you, not you to fit the clothes. And originally, I felt really silly kind of talking myself through it and making me think those things because I kind of thought, why, why do you need to have this conversation with yourself? Why can't you just accept it? And as I sort of go along with other things that come about as a result of HA recovery, I find that that self-chat plays a huge part because it's like you've got those two minds and one's almost devil-like and one's angel-like and you really just need to get the devil one to shush. And having that conversation with yourself enables you to make that happen because it's like, all right, Again, take the emotions out of it. Let's look at this from a fresh perspective. And suddenly you've got power over your emotions and the scenario again. Like you've got the choice. You can get a bigger clothes size or if you know what, you don't even like the pants or the top that much, you can just go find a shop that's got something you like even more. And suddenly that decision just becomes so small. It's not this catastrophe anymore. Yeah, it's incredible. And I think 
when you just touched on like why you had to talk to yourself like that, it's because it's really hard to rewire your brain from past habits, past beliefs, past behaviors, all that sort of stuff. And I think, I think that's something important to touch on too, is like, it has to be repetitive. Like you have to repeat this over and over again, even after recovery, there'll be some times where you're caught out in thinking old ways and stuff like that. And you just have to remind yourself of, I guess, like the here and now and what's actually in your control and what's not in your control. Mm. And that's a huge thing too, just the power of control side of things, because we know that we're going to get bigger through HA recovery. And and when I think about it, even when I was at my smaller size, I still had the same stresses around clothes shopping. Like it wasn't a bigger body thing. Um, other stresses maybe amplified it and made it feel worse, but it was just as stressful when I was tiny because I was just as judgmental as myself, on myself, sorry. Um, when it comes to sort of learning to love and accept your new body, what kind of practices did you do to sort of find a place where you weren't necessarily in love with yourself, but you were just you know, you're comfortable to look in the mirror and go, this is me and I'm healthy and I'm grateful to be here. Yeah, well, I I don't know if I did the self-talk as much as you did, which I now hearing about it think it is a great strategy to cope with um, the different changes. I know one thing, I was never really good with handling my emotions, full stop. So I guess not only just handling them, but facing them. Like I would just push them down and, try and forget that they were even there so one thing I definitely started to do was feel everything that I had to feel but I didn't let it uh, I tried to let it not consume me as much as it would have in the past but I definitely think one of the things that really helped me was learning to feel learning to feel comfortable in the uncomfortable and by uncomfortable I mean my body changing like noticing things and I just started uni at the time that I'd started recovery so I was busy throughout the day um, and I remember not really thinking about my body too much because I was so focused on studying and doing assignments and all that sort of stuff. But it was, this is something I actually talked to my psychologist about because it was just so prominent. When I would get into bed, my body in my sheets and under my covers would just feel so different. Like, And mm. I've mentioned this before um, on my Instagram, and I know for some people, it may seem so small and insignificant, but I know for a lot of people listening, it will probably resonate. The feeling of my thighs touching was something I was never mm. used to. And lying in bed, I just felt so uncomfortable in these whole new changes. Like I, I wasn't even looking at my body, but I could just feel yeah. it. And that felt so uncomfortable and to be honest, heartbreaking. And I think feeling that way and mourning what I used not even mourning my own body like yes but I was also mourning my old lifestyle because I was never going to live like that again you know like obviously I've reintroduced exercise but it's not coming from a place that I in the same place that I used to exercise in so I think feeling everything that you have to feel in that journey is so important to actually being able to move on you know I've talked about the stages of grief and how they really actually intertwine in recovery you know you've got bargaining so saying that you don't have to gain that much weight you've got um, anger being really frustrated about the whole process you've got denial you know some people can live in denial for a really long time thinking that they don't have to change anything um, and you've got depression you feel really heartbroken and upset about all the changes that are going on and then you finally have acceptance and I do really believe that you have to move through all those different stages 
in order to get to that acceptance. So I think one of the big things I did was I really felt everything that I had to feel, um, no matter how uncomfortable it was. And yeah, that definitely helped move, move me through that first initial kind of stage of my body changing. Um, but yeah, there's other things, definitely. Did you find that, because I always think it's, it's really important that even though HA recovery is what feels like the biggest goal of your life at the time, because it, you can almost get fixated over it. It's like, what can I do? And what can I read? And what can I research? And what can I eat? And what can I train that's not going to, you know, you try and just I research everything everyone and, it's, does that. and it's intoxicating. At the start, it's kind of mm-hmm. fun and you're excited and this is the new me and then can I, you know, haven't gained the weight yet. <laughs> um, but I found that it's, it's just such a strong and important thing to have a new goal that's not your HA. So you said you went to back to uni and all throughout the day, you, you weren't thinking about your body because your brain was occupied on where you had to be, what you had to do, how you had to do it. It was when you had that quiet time with your own thoughts that you know your brain started to run wild and sort of analyze and assess everything that was going on that wasn't familiar. And absolutely, you, you need that time to step into the, those emotions, sweeping them under the rug and staying as busy as possible so you skip them isn't going to help it's it's a nice little dance between the two but it's really important if you're stepping away from something that's occupied so much of your time such as diet and exercise that you need to fill that time in with something else whether it be a new business venture a new hobby even if it's literally just coffee dates but you need something to keep your mind busy and something to keep you active or I don't know there's some people who read you know a, a book a week and you know, something like that just, and that's even better because you've got time to just relax and chill and get absorbed into a book. Um, But I find it it's a really tough situation if all you've got in the forefront of your mind is HA recovery, because the other side of that too is no one really knows how long their recovery is going to take. And the longer it takes and the more time you think about it, it can become a little bit painful. Um, Yeah, did you find that keeping busy worked as a tool to sort of help you mediate all the changes that were happening because you could have that balance between busy productive and then you had the balance of all right I need to sit with these emotions I need to work out where they're coming from how to take the edge off them and how to keep progressing forward with this new journey yeah definitely I think that's the perfect way to put it I mean at the time I wouldn't have looked at it like that but um I would have normally been the type of person to do things all the time and go, go, go. Like that would have been my, my old mindset. Whereas I knew how important it was for me to not completely fixate on recovery, even though I find, I found in my experience, it was inevitable. There was a section of my recovery that I was just purely obsessed with it. I got called out a couple of times by different people Um, but I do think it was part of the process for me to go like, okay, well, this is only a really short period of my life. It's not forever. Um, so yeah, I definitely think, I know when I gave up exercise, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I have nothing to do. Like exercise is all I really do. And I mean, I know a lot of other people have the exact same thoughts and questions, but as you 
get like further into your recovery, you start to find things about things out about yourself that you may never even have known, you know, mm-hmm. or you may reconnect with parts of yourself that you use like in things that you used to enjoy prior to exercise and dieting, consuming and over overtaking your life. Um, so yeah, I definitely think finding that balance between yes, sitting with those feelings, but doing other things so that recovery and weight gain and body changes aren't always at the forefront of your mind there are going to be times that they are right there in front of you Mm -hmm. and they're the times that you have to face them and then there's other times where you are able to put them aside and go about your day and do x y and z whatever that may be yeah definitely and I think that's that's almost where the roller coaster of emotion emotions come from because let's say how you were saying uni and then you go to bed at night and your brain would start going it's like at uni you could have had the best day like you've learned fresh new things you've been around people that you really enjoy their company you've had a delicious lunch a nice coffee you know there's so many elements you can sit and go you know what that was great like it was a good day and then all of a sudden you come home and you have that almost feeling of a bit of a doomsday because wow what's this body I'm living in now and you know all the things that we just explained um and I think that's where yeah that that roller coaster theme comes from because it's like but I've been so good all day and now I just feel horrible um what did you used to do in bed to sort of calm those thoughts down because of course we want to recognize them um but we also want to shush them what did you used to do yeah so my psychologist recommended getting like a bedtime routine so um, kind of like the sleep hygiene practices and things like that, I started to incorporate. One thing for me was I would put down like screens, electronics at around 8 p.m. I'd have a nice bath, I'd stretch, and then I'd climb into bed. And the longer I actually did that, um, the more my body accustomed and realized, oh, hey, we're actually about to go to sleep. So I'd actually start like yawning as I was getting into the bath at some points because my body was just so... I guess, almost programmed to know that this is what we do before we go to bed. So that was a big thing. Um, that really helped because when my brain started to run wild at night, I couldn't sleep. Like I would toss and turn and I could never get comfortable. Um, another thing that I did was I practiced self-compassion, which was really, really game changing. So um, my psychologist recommended this app. It's called Insight Timer. It's got 60,000 free meditations and then if you just punch in self-compassion Kristen Neff who's actually I think she coined the the practice essentially she has like a five minute compassionate break and it really just kind of actually that's actually really like your self-talk to be honest because I would sit there and I would listen to this um, five minute recording of Kristen and it would be or Kirsten Kirsten um And it would be getting me to talk to myself and to recognize that this was suffering and it's okay to feel upset about it. And almost it got me to talk to myself like I was talking to my best friend going through the same thing. So very similar to what you used to do. Yeah. And it was actually really crucial for my, that stage of recovery and accepting my body changes because there's one thing to accept your body your body as it changes and then to accept it once it's stopped changing um another thing that I actually did and this is a little bit further away from the in bed scenario but after I get out of like my shower or bath or whatever I would moisturize my body and I would some days it was hard to do like it was really hard to do and other days it was it was easier I would try and 
be mindful about it. Like I wouldn't just slap on some moisturizer. I would moisturize my legs and I'd have a look and stare at all the new changes and get comfortable with it. Like I said, some days were really hard to do that. And someday, like and on those hard days, I think I would probably just sit on my bed and I'd cry a lot. And then on the easier days, it was just like welcoming these new parts because I knew these body changes was what I needed to recover and break free from not only like my old dieting and exercising habits and lifestyle, but to get my period back and to live this healthier lifestyle. So that was another thing that I did, which I found really helpful and definitely encouraged. Like, I mean, we all moisturize usually. I'm really bad at it at the moment, but I definitely encourage people doing that because it, it definitely helped me. And allocating that time to sort of care for yourself, you know, because it is a lovely self-care method too. I did something similar to that, but just how you said you're not on a great moisturizing routine at the moment. I never have been, never, ever, ever. But I remember thinking along the lines of I should do some sort of practice that, um, will just help me show my body some love because let's be honest over the past couple of years even though I thought I was doing the right thing by eating well and training I've really been abusing it and it probably feels like it's been hit by a truck um so I kind of had the idea of you know imagine if my body was a temple rather than just trying to break down walls all the time I just start you know shining up some stuff and making it all pretty and lovely and one of those practices was um just getting nicer soaps in the shower and a nice loofah. And because I remember early days of washing myself and similar kind of thing, I, I just noticed that my skin was softer, I was bigger, and most of the time everyone loves a hot shower. Like it's a relaxing, great time. And when the weight gain started to kick in, I remember it, it just wasn't yeah. so pleasant anymore because I could really notice everything and you know there's no mirror involved it's not like I'm sitting there looking at myself naked it's I'm washing and I can just and some of it could have been made up in my head I'm not going to disregard that for a second because I remember feeling almost like an elephant and let's be honest I was not the size of an elephant um <laughs> but it soon turned into around you know shower time I'd have really nice soaps I could smell nice things I might have some music in the background um, and then sort of moisturize or is that dry brushing. I remember doing dry brushing for a yes. bit, but I just picked a few different things where it's like, no, let's, let's pamper my body. And for the most part, even if I started off feeling upset or disappointed in myself, by the end of it, I was at least happy that I showed myself some love because that was the goal of the activity. And I didn't have to like my shape or my size or emotionally myself. But the goal was I just had to do something to pamper my skin, for example. And over time, that sort of swept away and it soon become a, no, I, I really enjoy this and I can enjoy the practice of it and I can enjoy how my skin feels after it. And you become desensitized. And it definitely does take a long time. And there was times yeah. where, yes, I cried my way through the practice because I just, it wasn't fun. Um, but it's definitely one of those things where if you keep putting these things into practice, whether it is your self-talk or a physical thing like moisturizing or, um, you know, even just going for a massage. I remember thinking when I was training heaps, I used to go for a massage once a week because it's like I, it just helped. Um, and as soon as other things come into play and I wasn't training anymore, I felt like I didn't deserve those things because it's like, well, mm. you know, you're not training and you're not this and you're not that. And I'm just not all of these things. 
And I sort of had the idea of imagine if someone like my mom or my dad or my brother or turned around and said, oh, I can't go for a massage because I didn't go to the gym this week. I would look at them like, you are so silly. Um, and all of a sudden it's sort of the penny dropped of you deserve to care for yourself even more so now than you ever have. And it's almost like a balloon pops when you have that epiphany because it's so easy to just feel like you deserve nothing. Yeah, definitely. And I think you're so right. Like this, this time in your life, and I know anyone listening going through HA recovery, it is not going to feel like it, but this time in your life is really precious because you're never going to get another opportunity to get to know your body and to get to understand your body and accept your body and respect it and care for it the way you get to do in recovery. Because, you know, I know a lot of women that want to recover their periods because they want to get pregnant. Once once you recover and you do get pregnant, your body's not your own anymore. You know, you're sharing it, you're creating another life. And while that's so powerful in, in, in itself, I think we forget that. And it's probably because of the weight of the situation. Like we feel like it's forever, but it's not going to be forever, but it's a really good opportunity. And once I started looking at it like that, like this is such a great opportunity for me to get to know my body and to get to experience all these different changes and really sit with them and learn from them and really become a more well-rounded person from it. Because if you can go through weight gain in a society that's telling you weight gain is bad and weight loss is good, like you come out of that a completely changed person physically, mentally, and emotionally. I feel overwhelmed on how many things I want to address in what you just said. <laughs> I don't know where to begin. Um, let's start with your body is forever changing and it is such a short period of time. I can completely relate that. And look, I was half in for 11 months. So, and I was in all in for four weeks. And in hindsight, I wish I had have just gone all in earlier because not because it come back in four weeks, because if I went in all in earlier, maybe it would have taken eight or 12 or, or whatever else. But more to the point of it was so exhausting to keep hold of this idea that I can do everything and recover. And the amount of peace that come with, to a degree, throwing in the towel and just surrendering to the process and going, you know what, I'm going to give my body everything that it needs. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to rest it. And... I'm going to get my period. Like it, it, it's not rocket science. It's going to happen. Um, but at that point in time, from the half in all the way through to the all in, it did feel almost like pulling your teeth out. Like it was slow and sometimes well, pulling teeth out isn't really painful. You're numb, but you know what I mean? Um, but I guess, you know, a year on, I look back at the time that I spent in HA recovery and I can definitely empathize and I can remember all of those really hard moments and I can remember some of the joyous moments too because there are some amazing moments especially when you can go out and just enjoy dinner or lunch or freedom eat on the go and it's not a worry and you don't need to search for who's eating what or how much they've had to make sure you don't eat any more or any less or any differently um you know those moments are great I remember having things like that happen I was like wow this is powerful like that freedom feels so good and you know I look back now and say that 12 months, it doesn't feel like that long anymore. And the memories are still real. Like if I think about certain things, 
it's still raw and I'll get emotional and sometimes I will cry. Um, but if I was to say that timeline is excessive, it, it just wasn't. It wasn't at all. And even on the body changes front, and I guess this is where the conversation can get a bit tricky and I'd love to hear your sort of thoughts on it, is in my mind, I knew I had to gain weight to recover, but I also knew that my body would calm down afterwards. And for those who recover and gain a particular kind of weight and they are happy and thriving and they stay that way forever, like claps, fantastic. No judgment at all. Like you do what suits you. But for me, I kind of found motivation in just go with the flow now, let your body gain the weight, learn all these new things, enjoy food, enjoy family, blah, blah, blah. And then when your body's relaxed, like it'll find its new shape. And sometimes people don't like that comment because it's like, you shouldn't need a new shape. You should, And it's not coming from a place of, I should have a new shape or I must, or for me, it was comforting to go just like weight loss was a phase weight gain is a phase and our bodies are made to ebb and flow. Like I gained a fair bit of weight during pregnancy and now I actually pulled up a photo that I took right before I fell pregnant. I'd had three recovery periods. And if I'm being brutally honest, I took the photos because I was planning on losing weight. I was like, I've had enough. I'm done. I've had three periods. Let's lose it. And then I had a positive pregnancy test and, you know, I went, oh, like, I'm just going to keep <laughs> doing what I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I've never, ever posted the, that photo before. And I think part of me is because I'm embarrassed to be like, oh my goodness, that was my body because I've lost weight again since then. My body doing its own thing, not through any kind of weight loss practice. It's just found its rhythm. Um, do you find, even though you love and accept yourself, that if you look at, at some images of when you're at your biggest, it does still make you uncomfortable? Yeah, I had a very, very similar experience to you. Um, so I, it's so weird because the day before, like literally in my photos on my phone, you know how they obviously timestamp your photos now. The 24th of July, I took like a before and after picture because um, I was about to start like this booty program with one of my friends. So we took our measurements, we weighed ourselves, we took front, back, side on photos. I the 24th the of thing. July. 25th of July I found out about HA and my whole world changed literally within a 24-hour period of being like I'm going to do this booty program I'm going to get a big butt I did get a big butt but it wasn't from doing that program <laughs> but then once I had my fourth recovery period and I was slowly starting to reintroduce exercise I got in the same sports bra the same pair of underwear and I did a before and after photo and I had a goal in mind. I've never actually like publicly spoken about this. So heard it here first. I Thanks had in mind, <laughs> I had it in mind that like a year on from my first recovery period or a year from introducing exercise, reintroducing it, I would do another photo in the same crop top, same underwear. And I would put three of them. Like I'd put my pre-HA body, my heaviest HA body, and then my post-HA recovery body. And it wasn't until maybe a couple months into it, I was having a conversation with Danny Sheriff and we can't, I don't even know how it kind of got brought up, but I just kind of realized, I was like, if I do that, if I put one, two, three next to each other, 
I'm saying that that body that I had in recovery wasn't good enough. And it kind of defeated the whole purpose of, of the photos because I don't want people to think that, because like you said, the women that go into HA recovery and they gain the weight and their body doesn't change too much after that, that's perfectly fine. Your body doesn't have to change after HA recovery. But if I was to make that post, say in a year from now, I feel like I would be perpetuating this idea that your body has to change post HA recovery and it doesn't. And I think this really, this brings me to one of the other points that I had to keep telling myself while I was gaining the weight that our body, our bodies are meant to change. And the body that I had right now wouldn't be my like forever body. Like it is my body forever, but the way it mm. looked wasn't going to look, it wasn't going to be how it looked forever, but it was my recovery body. However, I had to love, respect, understand, accept and nourish that body like it was going to be what I looked like forever. And I think that was the really crucial turning point for me to be like, I don't care what happens to my body from here on out. Yes, I would love to lose a little bit of weight. I actually, you know, I my body, I do feel like I was one of the women that definitely overshot their weight. Um, but I knew that I had to gain more weight than my body probably needed to make my body feel safe because it'd been living in a, in a uh, calorie deficient for like a decade you know it's going to have some repercussions on my metabolism and I'm going to have to probably gain more weight than my body feels comfortable at and I know that because I'm not doing anything other than slowly increasing my exercise and deliberately eating more food and I'm slowly starting to lose weight and my body is slowly starting to change a little bit but I'm not so focused on it it wasn't until my um my dad's partner who I live with mentioned it to me the other day that my body is changing mm. and you know, it, and I just thought, wow, like I'm not even like I told my partner that I'd lost a little bit of weight and he goes, really? Like, why are you losing weight? And I was like, I'm not doing anything. I was like, my body is now trying to find its its groove, you know, its natural set point. Mm -hmm. And it's really just part of the process. But I think you have to you have to accept your body at, at essentially your biggest, because if you don't accept your body at, at its biggest, it doesn't matter what changes you make you're still going to pick yourself apart. Cause I look back at how, how I was when I was at my smallest and I still critiqued myself so much that I think we often have rose colored glasses on when we look back at our old bodies and our old lifestyle. And we really forget that our body image most likely is worse than it is mm -hmm. um, during recovery or after recovery. I'm going to go full disclosure on this one and say guilty of creating the same three images and chucking them next to each other. I did it maybe a couple of days ago and that was like uh, my first comp prep. So I was really lean and look, I wasn't bulimic or anything like that at the time. I just did a really strict comp prep and mentally, physically felt great. Um, and then obviously later on when I maintained that things went different, but that was the first image. And then the second image was uh, the transformation photos that I took because I was about to go lose some weight. And then um, the third picture was a photo of me and Kasima that I took, well, it was probably a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I put them all next to each other and it literally had no period, recovered period, period, because I've got a healthy cycle right now. And I just sat there processing it. And so my intention for putting those images next to each other was very much 
I found comfort in seeing or reading about stories where women gain the weight and then they lost a little bit of weight and their body found its new rhythm, as you said, and they're happy, healthy and thriving. But when I looked at the three images next to each other, they look so much like a transformation photo. And unless someone's listening to the intention behind it, because the intention is, you know, you need to go against the grain and convince your body that you're going to care for it. And that does mean weight gain. But once it's convinced, it will calm down. And that was the reason for those three images next to each other. But I just, I couldn't bring myself to present it. And look, it's not like I've got a massive following or anything like that on Instagram, but this is a very sensitive time for people. And I thought, wow, if they don't read the caption or I don't articulate myself properly, it could instill the idea of, you know, weight loss, weight gain, weight loss for the wrong reasons. And I think that's where social media can really make things tricky because if you're only looking at images, you start to create your own story. So let's say you and I am back in the middle of our HA recovery and, you know, I could have seen something like that and gone, oh, great, I can jump on a diet as soon as, as, soon as I get my three periods back, even though I have not touched a diet since all HA recovery. I eat to nourish, I move to feel good. That's my life right now and it makes me happy. Um, but depending on what you see when you look at that image, you might actually get a totally different story, which was, oh, Jade lost all the weight, she gained all the weight, and oh, look, she's she's lost weight again, body transformation. And it makes it dangerous. It makes it a little bit too dangerous. And I didn't feel comfortable posting it on the chance that, the you know, someone read it the wrong way. And 100%. And I just I mean, find it so funny oh. that you've... You, constructed the same thing or even the weight loss photos because this this photo was from April 2019 so I got my period back literally like New Year's Day or New Year's Eve but January 2019 I had my three periods that photo was taken and I'm pretty sure positive pregnancy test was two weeks later um but nonetheless it's front side back and I look at them now and I'm still like wow like that body and I hate that I've still got that judgment and I think that's the way we need to be real about our thoughts and our comments. And sometimes it's normal to look back and go, all right, so on the whole observation versus, versus judgment, judgment, when I look at that image, I'm like, wow, because I was in the biggest body I've ever been in, period. Well, except for pregnant, but that's a different body in itself. <laughs> um, but it's, I'm not looking at that image in a place of hate. It's not like, oh, you're disgusting. It's just like, wow, that was a big change for you. Just like I look at my body now and I'm like, wow, that's another big change. And it's going to change again in six months, in 12 months, and till I die. Yeah, and I think something you touched on a little bit earlier, I just remember finally letting go of needing to control how my body looked like. And it was such a freeing experience to the point that I didn't even realize how hard, obviously looking back now, I understand and I can see it. But at the time, I didn't realize how much I was just trying to actively avoid gaining weight, how I was just actively avoiding my body changing period. I thought if I trained this way and ate this way, my body was never going to change. It was never even a real, like a possible reality to me that my body would change, you know, 
And I guess I'm not thinking about starting a family anytime soon. So like that, and back then that was the same thought. So I guess like that was never in the forefront of my mind because obviously when you're pregnant, your body changes, um, you go through crazy changes. And I think, yeah, like I just remember letting go of that need to control everything down to the way my body looked and how much I weighed. And it was incredibly freeing to just finally accept the fact that my body is going to change over and over again throughout my life. It's going to look so many different ways. And that's totally fine. That's representing a life well lived, not one controlled by diet and exercising, you know? So I definitely, definitely relate to everything you've just said for sure. Did you find with that, I guess, the surrender that come Mm. because it is such a freeing, liberating, amazing thing. It literally like that common phrase, you know, it's a weight off the shoulders or, you know, the world Mm -hmm. off the back. That's what it feels like. And it takes a while to get there. But once you just go, I'm just going to go the flow. I'm just going to roll with it. Did you find even the toxic thoughts around food, not necessarily fear foods or anything like that, but just um, food become, I just eat when I eat and I don't when I don't versus sort of two trains of thought the part of I'm going to eat more but not too much because I want to limit the weight gain or there's also sometimes the idea of well if I just eat more and eat more I'll get my period back really fast which has got sort of anxiety attached to it too because it's not coming from a place Mm. of fueling it's coming from a place of almost if I stuff my face I'll get my period which yeah. Like in my eyes is another eating disorder in itself. It's just, you flipped from one to the next. Um, yeah. But yeah, when you surrender, did you find you were just able to be Eat. present and just enjoy food for being food? Yeah. A thousand percent. I definitely feel like that. I think my view of food became, it went from this thing that I had, I had to constantly eat and eat and eat. Um, I need to make sure I fueled my body to a place of I'm going to eat this because it feels good. I'm going to eat this because it's nourishing. I need to nourish my body. Yeah. Like the focus wasn't so, I guess the focus wasn't solely on food anymore. Mm. It was just, like you said, being present and, you know, saying yes to different types of foods that I would have said no to like pastries and all that sort of stuff and enjoying it and not feeling guilty afterwards. So food really just became food instead of this thing. Cause I know I used to look at food as, a way to control my weight mm-hmm. so yeah, me too. I'm gonna it was a tool yeah. rather than nourishment yes, exactly so when I kind of uh, let go of that need and I surrendered I definitely switched from this view of food as something that I use to control my body and its weight and its shape and its size and instead as a way to not only nourish myself but connect with other people because unfortunately and this is something I used to hate when I was like deep in my HA lifestyle, I used to hate the fact that humans as a species would gather around food and alcohol. And that's how we would socialize. I used to be like, why can't we just go to the gym or go for a walk or do something else? Like, why can't we hang out and be active? Like I actually dreaded social environments that were centered around food because I just had so much anxiety about, did I work out hard enough? So it's it like, this isn't fun. a fun family gathering. This is fun for you stressful. and yeah, very stressful for me. Yeah. But if we're at the gym, you might be stressed. I'll feel pretty, pretty good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think now like I'm in this 
now I love going out for breakfast or for dinner or for drinks or for coffee and like I still love going like if someone last minute goes oh rather than it is all right so I'm big on reflections when mine when scenarios come around that previously you wouldn't have handled so John and I do pancakes that days we cook pancakes every Saturday and Kasim is old enough to join in and then look we still go train afterwards and all that kind of stuff so it's still got the fit focus but we it's not training because we had pancakes it's like no we eat pancakes every Saturday and they're delicious there's no calorie counting I've got no idea what he puts in the batter I've got no idea what topics sorry toppings I'm going to have from one Saturday to the next it's just it's just delicious it's yummy but then last night I hadn't gone to the shops yet and it was pouring down rain and we planned to have like steak and veggies and whatever else and um I'm like oh look I'm happy to go to the shops if that's what you want to have but I also kind of feel like pizza and John's turned around and gone oh you know what I could so do with a pizza and we ordered pizza I went and picked it up and we're literally eating pizza within 20 minutes and I just sat there eating and I was like wow I never would have been able to have pancakes and pizza in the same day and also to be sitting here going, this is yummy. Like I'm really enjoying it. I would have had one or two pieces and been like, oh my God, what are you going to train tomorrow? How long are you going to fast for? So I wouldn't have even enjoyed the pizza because my mind was too busy thinking about the next 24 hours. And like last night, I'm just sitting there in my own little world, eating my pizza, being like, how good is this? Like, this is such a nice change that I could just enjoy delicious yummy food and not sit there thinking about what my next 24 hours had to entail because of what my last 24 hours included and that's stressful in itself yeah like all that brain activity like you're already I know like I used to do the same thing like if Steve and I went out for dinner and say we were going to like on the cruise ships we had this Italian restaurant and when we used to go like it was a free-for-all like we used to order so much food but because I was in this old mindset I'd have to do like a really big leg workout and then before dinner especially if we were drinking and stuff like I would already be like typing out tomorrow's workout and Mm -hmm. already figuring out when I was going to do it just so that way I felt like I had I guess damage can I had done damage control you know like I'm going to go eat all of this now but I've already done this massive workout and I'm going to do this hip workout tomorrow and I probably doesn't count because I'm going to offset yeah exactly exactly you know like the thing is you you want those experiences to count that's the point you want to sit there and enjoy them you don't want to go through it and pretend it didn't happen yeah like there's so much processing in that alone to go let's how can I undo this because you're never going to enjoy anything if you're already planning to undo it before it's occurred. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I just think, yeah, it's so stressful in itself, that whole process. And like, as we know in HA recovery, we want to eliminate our stresses. So it seems very counterintuitive. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. And it's like, why challenge the fear when it's going to bring on anxiety? And it's like, well, that that's the key. You got to face it, get rid of the anxiety. And then, and then yeah. comes the joy. Now, we said we we're going to keep things under an hour, but, and we're, we're approaching that. I just wanted to touch on one more thing, if that's okay with you. Of course. So we spoke in our last podcast that you did the, is it boudoir? Oh, I never say it right, but I think that's close enough. Can we, lingerie photo shoot. Let's just, <laughs> sexy photo shoot. Now, I have always loved sexy lingerie. Always, like Honey Burdett very unpractical looks fabulous lingerie and especially when I was tiny it 
it fitted beautifully. And as my bigger body approached, I found myself being like, you, you don't deserve to wear that once again. And I just wanted to address the fact of how much confidence comes from actually trying to be and feel sexy. And it doesn't have to be for a male or female or for anyone other than purely you. But at a time when you're feeling not so confident, if you can find something that makes you feel sexy, that's really powerful. And I just, because you've done that photo shoot and I'd love to hear, did you find that experience empowering? Oh, 120%. Like I could not recommend it enough to everyone. I mean, I think everyone should do one in their life. Um, I know it is a little bit extra in terms of trying to accept your body and things, but I also wanted to celebrate my body and how far my body has come, not only in HA recovery, but in the last 25 years of my life, you know, like I have put her through hell and back, which reminds me of one more thing I want to touch on before I dive into the boudoir shoot is that I started calling my body her or she, like I, I called it by my pronouns essentially, because my body wasn't just this thing anymore that I had to make look a certain way. My, my body became my best friend. So I think that self-talk that we touched on earlier, I definitely changed the way I talked about my body to other people and the way I talked to my body, which was really life-changing. I remember my psychologist being like, it's really interesting that like you call your body like she or her. And I was like, well, it's just like my best friend and I respect my best friend and she's instantly do you find by doing that though your self-talk is a lot more kind yes because to agree, you're used to talking to someone and you'd, you'd never talk to anyone else the way you'd previously talk to yourself but sort of seeing yourself as a as another being instantly your brain's going to be like yeah well we don't use that kind of language here like we treat 100%. people well it's I like that yeah. it's like a nice and, little yeah. loophole to trick yourself into being kind until yeah, it becomes of organic, the, of course. Like everything's a bit yeah. of a trick at the start. Yeah, and that and that's the whole point is you've got to because you rewiring your brain, so you've got to trick yourself. And at times it'll feel uncomfortable, it'll seem wrong, it'll seem foreign. But the more you do it, the more natural and second nature all these strategies that we've talked about today become. Um, but see, I was a little bit different to you in terms of the lingerie. I never felt confident in lingerie, in a bikini, God, even a crop top, I still felt self-conscious about in my smaller body. So for me to actually go out and buy lingerie, I went with one of my best friends and she, she's an absolute gem um, because I don't think I could have done it on my own. I think it would have been extremely confronting to have done it on my own. Um, I went with one of my best friends who had actually gone through her own disordered eating um, essentially recovery and had ended up in she was she was my best friend in high school and then we kind of disconnected when I went away for cruise ships and we've reconnected over the last year and a half now and we're both in very different bodies than we were when we were in high school together you know so it was really refreshing to be around someone that body has changed and they are so open to accepting and nourishing their body right now as well so I think that was really crucial um, to go with someone that was was in that mindset too. Um, but I just knew I had to give it a shot. I'd been thinking about it for a while, but it just never felt right. And then it was actually approaching my partner's 30th birthday. And we're, we've been apart for 12 months now for my mm -hmm. entire recovery journey. We 
haven't seen each other. He's stuck over in Canada, um, but that is a whole nother story in itself. Um, and I kind of wanted to give him something for his 30th birthday, but I didn't want to send anything massive. So I would say 5% of the reason I did this photo shoot was for him, but 95% was definitely for me. And I think it should be for yourself, like you mentioned earlier, but it was just kind of a good excuse to go buy lingerie and um, not that you need an excuse, but anyway. Um. No, but it's a nice thing to look back on if you're having a low confidence day and be like, I look sexy, I look fabulous. And you can look sexy and fabulous no matter what size you are. And I think that's the cool thing about having the confidence to do something like a lingerie shoot because to a degree it's it's raw, you know, you could hide behind your trackies, but you're not, you know. Yeah. And whether you choose to be in something a full piece or a little bralette, like you can even pick and choose whatever you want. So you can even be covered up to a degree. But there's an element to be like, I felt empowered. I love how I look. And, you know, I, I'm, as you said, I'm celebrating this body. It's fabulous. And I think too, I had experience, I wouldn't say that I modeled, but I definitely had experience when I was on cruise ships, um, doing like bikini shoots and things like that with people on board that were, um, like ice cast, like dancers and stuff. And they dabbled in photography. So we'd go out and we'd do photo shoots in, like in Mexico. And I remember going out one day and I'd actually juiced 24 hours before this photo shoot to make sure that I looked Mm. you know quote-unquote perfect I actually missed out on my favorite crew event on board which was wine and cheese because I couldn't trust myself to go up there and not drink and not eat and so my part like Steve went up and had a great time with our friends and I was miserable in the in my room alone um because I didn't want to you know quote-unquote ruin my body for the next day but it doesn't even matter because I was so judgmental and self-conscious and I enjoyed the photo shoot the next day on the beach like it was a lot of fun I look back at those photos going like I look back at them now being like what were you so worried about like there is not an ounce of fat on you and I think the beauty of doing this boudoir shoot is I didn't do anything to prepare for it other than buy lingerie I mean that's what I, will I be love lying. about it though because like and we yeah. mentioned this in the last podcast where it's like as soon as an event comes up and I think the example was my husband and I were meant to go to the wedding singer and have a night away first time since Kasima was born, which got cancelled. Thanks, mm. lockdown. Um, but instantly, as soon as I booked the tickets, I was like, I, all right, I need to look fabulous for this. Da, da, da. And I just thought, what are you doing? Like, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not doing that. You are going to have a great time, regardless of whether you, your weight right now or your 500 grams, three kilos, whatever lighter, like stop. This is old you talking, shush. Yes, and I remember you referred it to a default setting, which was a perfect way to describe mm. it. Yeah. Um, and I would be lying if I if it didn't cross my mind. I mean, I booked, I'd made the decision to do that shoot in March and I actually told the photographer, Gab, I was like, can I have the latest date to this date, which was Steve's birthday. So two months, I was like, what's the latest date you could do so I could have the photos back? Because I did want to do a little bit more exercise I did want my body to adjust a little bit more but I didn't set out to deliberately do any of those things Mm. um and I think by putting it a little bit far in the future when I actually booked it it paid off for me because I got to do a little bit more work mentally 
nothing about physically changing my body, but mentally changing the way that I looked at it. And I think lingerie shopping was a huge component of it. But yeah, that was the real beauty of, of that photo shoot is I got to show up just as I was. I got my makeup done. I got my hair done. I felt fantastic. And like, I remember leaving that photo shoot and thinking, I don't even care how these photos turn out because I've just had the most empowering, incredible experience in my own body than I've ever had before. And I actually felt, I felt feminine. I felt sexy. I felt confident. I felt all of these incredible things. And I was just like, this is like incredible because I would not have felt like that. Like I didn't feel like that when I got those the bird those bikini photos back like five years ago I remember looking at my body Jade and just critiquing it and mm. pulling myself apart and not even like going wow I looked fantastic and when I got these photos back from the boudoir shoot I was just obsessed I was like this is me I was like hi <laughs> my body is incredible you know not just for what she physically looks like but for what she's just gone through and the fact that she can learn to trust me again after years of just essentially torture and betrayal by dieting and exercising, it just, it really blew my mind. And it was such like, a, I'm going to do it again. I think I want to do one like every couple of years. I've actually, sure? just become, I'm actually, um, so Gab, the photographer, she does like a brand ambassador program every six months. And I've just been, um, I've just been asked to be a part of her next Yay! lot of brand ambassadors. That's so so I'm actually congratulations. Be yeah. Thank you. I'm, so excited because I do think it's such an incredible experience and I mean it's not for everyone and that's fine but I think it yeah it just really made me feel at home and at peace in my body after everything that it's been through and not just with recovery yeah and also just so I did a lingerie shoot back when I was lean and um like I was already lean and I dieted down for it and just how you said how you had the photo shoots on in Mexico and you look back at them and just critiqued it. Um, those photo shoots, I remember getting all of them back and that's all I did was, oh, mm. but I don't like this. And I don't like that. I don't like this. And like, and even the photo shoot in itself, I liked the idea of it, but I just felt really uncomfortable mm. the whole time. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm so bare. And like, I, I, again, I'm glad I'm here, but I'm not necessarily having fun it's all a bit weird and I look back on the photos now and I'm like wow girl you look awesome like yeah you should have taken a minute to appreciate that <laughs> but and something that's... popped up on a Facebook page recently and it was like a photographer who's starting up who wants to do free sort of boudoir shoots um time for prints and I was like oh I'd love to and honestly if they had turned around and said yeah it's tomorrow it was like as long as you've got your own lingerie whatever I would have been like yeah cool let's do it and for me, that's a massive milestone because as you were saying in the past, it would have been like, let's let's do a juice cleanse for 24 hours. Let's quickly tighten up and do 10 hours of cardio and five hours of strength and <laughs> be perfect. And now I'm like, no, like whatever my body chooses to be on the day is perfect. And if I'm holding a bit of fluid or if I'm not, like either way, body's a beautiful thing. And I totally agree. And I think that just really brings to light the fact that it's never been about your body it's just been how you view your body and the relationship you have with your body. And if I can give one piece of advice that actually my mum gave me um, just to finish off. So my mum has always said like romantic relationships take work. You know, you have to wake up like a marriage takes work and you have to wake up every day and you have to put in the effort 
to get the best out of that relationship for the day. And then you go to sleep and you do it all again the next day. And I took that advice and I applied it to the relationship I had with my body. I have to wake up. You don't just wake up and have all of this body acceptance and all of this self-love. Like it is a continuous It's a daily practice. Yes. And it's Mm -hmm. a continuous journey from now until the rest of your life. Like it's not just something you do in HA recovery. It is something that you do for the rest of your life, your body, and you have a relationship just like every other relationship you have in your life. You have to nourish it. You have to look after it. You have to care for it. So yeah, kind of tying that all back in is every day you, you get the chance to accept your body a bit more and it's it's up to you with each new day to do that. And some days it's going to be harder to accept your body. But once you get that, once you get that acceptance, those days definitely are few and far between when you have those bad body image days. But definitely looking at my relationship with my body as any other relationship I have in my life, romantic or friendship or family, whatever it is, definitely, definitely helped me kind of realize that this is a lifestyle change I need to make and I need to work on for the rest of my life I think that's a perfect way to end today's episode which is you know literally see yourself as being in a relationship with yourself you are rather than causing a breakup (laughs) fall in love (laughs) again and again and again and again Um, every single day yes Oh, thank you so, so much. I absolutely love our chats. And as always, you're more than welcome to come on again in the future. But if anyone missed your Instagram handle, could you refresh us on where we can contact you, please? Yes, it is at your period PT. I'm currently taking a two week break, but I'll be back soon. Yes. And social media detoxes are great for everybody on another note. So yes, thank you so, so much. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening in on today's episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And I'm always so grateful for your time and your decision to listen in to the It's a Mind Game podcast. If you didn't already know, I have created a health and fitness journal, which is available to download for free from either my Instagram or my link tree, which I will include in the show notes. It's just a means for you to assess and review how exercise is impacting your mind and your body. Um, If you have any questions about it, feel free to DM me or send me an email. Um, I hope you have an incredible day and I look forward to you tuning in on the next episode.